Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller. Happy New Year, everyone. It's the new year, and we're excited to be joined by our Eastern Region Conservation Educator, Joe Doucette. He's retiring. This is a big week. The end of the week <laughs> is his last day. So, Joe, it's so good to have you. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. It's been a wild ride, a lot of fun. and. Uh... It's, uh, it's been great. I really have enjoyed it. I'm glad I did this in the last half of my career instead of the first half. I definitely have appreciated it more. Yeah, no, every time I email you this week, I'm like, I miss, I'm going to miss you. because <laughs> You're just, everyone knows who you are. You've been on the podcast so many times. So we thought it'd be good to do a retirement podcast, even though I have told you already, I don't think this will be your last podcast. I'm, 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 I'm ready to come on anytime you want. Yeah. And you're still going to be doing our fishing reports in Easter. Yes. Yeah, I like to do, I love to fish. Um, and uh, so I will be continuing to do that for the time being. Don't know how long, but 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 for a while. Yeah, that's good. That's comforting to us. So, well, I just kind of want to get into your background. I mean, we hear you on the podcast all the time. I know all of Eastern Nevada knows who you are because you're on news segments. They're talking about the agency but I don't know if people know your entire background with the agency and just where you were before you came here. So, <laughs> so, I, so this I, might be a long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 20 years in broadcast before I came on with NDOW. Um, Started out in a small little town, in Rapid City, South Dakota, KOTA. Um, started out as a camera operator. While I was in college and ended up learning to direct, got thrown into it. Spent a number of years directing, a couple of years directing there. Moved to uh, New Hampshire, where I was lucky enough to, to work the 88 New Hampshire primary. Um, got to technical direct, uh, World News Tonight, Nightline, uh, date, um, Nightline, and uh, Good Morning America. The remote sites, not the whole show, just remote sites. And then got a job in Vegas uh, for KVBC Channel 3, which is uh, at that time was was owned by Valley Broadcasting, later became Intermountain West, and is now owned by Sinclair. Uh, got promoted up to Reno at KRNV, the sister station, as production manager there, and in the process of doing that, helped build KENV in Elko, and actually kind of fell in love with Elko. And my wife got offered a job here. Uh, KRNV in Reno at the time was a combination uh, TV, FM, radio station. Um, I was doing, on my own, a fishing report uh, on the radio side, just for fun, because I was always behind the scenes. I directed newscasts and sporting events. I, I seldom was on, on camera. Um, so, so it was behind the scenes most. And I used to make fun of anchors about how easy their job was <laughs> being in front of the camera. And they would tell me how hard it is. And honestly, it isn't that hard, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, I was doing the fish report, and my wife actually got offered a job in Elko. And so I told her, well, if I can find something there, we'll move. And I mentioned to the to whoever I was talking to at end out the time, getting some information that uh, I might be moving to Elko if I could find a job. And 
He says, you need to talk to my boss, Dave Rice. And uh, about three months later, I was working in Elko. So I got lucky, got this job. And I, that was my first day of work was July 31st, 2000. So I've been here about 21 and a half years now. Wow. Um, I think a lot of people just assume you're from Elko. That's what no. I thought when I met you. <laughs> no, I'm an Air Force brat. My dad was in the military. He, uh, we moved all over. I, I changed schools 11 times by the time I graduated from high school. So, so I moved all over. In fact, my, one of my goals when I retire, I, I sat down and figured it out a few, few months ago. I've caught fish in uh, 17 states. And so my goal when I retire won't be right away because I've, I've got a small business, but uh, I, uh, I want to catch a fish in every single state now. So that'll be my next goal. That's a good goal. And you'll have, you'll have the time to do it now. Well, not with a business you don't, but uh, <laughs> when, I, when I retire from that business, I will. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking you're just going to be off and retired and you own a whole business. In yeah. Well, my wife and I do. And yeah. it's kind of a part-time business. And people ask if I would do it full time. And I think at this point, I am going to do it part time so I can get out and actually get some fishing done. And, and uh, my, my first goal this summer, though, is to catch a fish in all 14, all the counties in Nevada. So I'm going to get out next summer on the weekends and uh, travel the state and catch fish in every single in every single county. It sounds like you have a good plan. I like your plan. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> What about the native fish land, Joe? You know, I've caught all but one or two, but I've never recorded them. So I will, pro you know, we can get five of the six right here in Elko County. And the six you can get just about 10 miles south of the county. There's a offshoot of the uh, Bonneville cutthroats that are outside of the Bonneville Basin. They put down in Goshoot uh, Creek in the north end of the Cherry Creeks in case there was a catastrophic event in the Bonneville Basin. And so I could, that's, that's going to be probably be a project this summer, but I think I'll, I may go for the 14 or all the counties first. And, and then in the process of doing that, obviously I'll, I'll catch uh, uh, some of the native slam and, and uh, there's, there's about two or three of the native slam that are a little bit more difficult to catch out here, but I will work on those and we'll get that done. You can do it. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so what are you going to travel around in then, you think? You gonna travel, what are you going to travel around in? in your truck? Oh, I've got, a, I've got a pickup truck and I've got a motorhome. Um, it depends on wh where I'm going to be going what weekend. Some of the places I, I'll want to fish, uh, the motorhome won't get into. And so I'll take the pickup and just sleep in the bed of the pickup. But, but in some places, I'll, I'll try and uh, be a little bit more comfortable. Might take my granddaughters along. We adopted our two granddaughters a couple of years ago. So uh, may take them along for, for part of the ride, get a little fishing in with them. I'm, I'm going to teach the 13-year-old to fly fish this summer. So, so she may, um, against her will, get stuck doing a lot of fishing with, with grandpa. <laughs> so I want to ask, kind of switching gears a little, um, back to your time here at Endow, what have been some of your favorite memories working here? Oh, boy, there's so many of them. Um, Obviously, we all like the hands-on stuff, working with the animals. Um, the, 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 the funny thing is, though, in my position, I'm recording everything, whether it's video, stills, interviewing people. I did very little actual hands-on. Um, probably my favorite stuff was uh, taking my son along. He got to go along um, as a kid and, you know, go on 
deer captures. And I remember we took them down to China, uh, China Lake Naval Weapons Station one year where we uh, trapped uh, mountain quail and chucker. And he was, I think, a freshman in high school that year. And uh, the, the base commander's kids were about the same age. And the, we had a big spring completely covered in uh, with a big net where the chucker would go in. And there were probably 50, 60 chucker in there. And it was, you know, it was probably, the net was probably covered 40 feet long by about 12, 13 feet wide. And so we sent the young boys in and they came out just covered in bird poop and mud. <laughs> and, but we had a blast. And, you know, being able to take your kids along on things. Um, I wrote a couple of New Year's resolutions uh, featuring my, my daughter's picture in a couple of them. And I was banned from that for life. <laughs> I, uh, it was, it was, uh, so, so lots of fun stuff, you know, the hands-on stuff, the trips, um, going on sheep captures up to Canada, antelope capture to, to uh, Colorado, elk captures right here in, in Nevada, uh, antelope captures as well here in Nevada. The, the hands-on stuff is just a blast. And then working with fisheries, getting out and seeing the work. And, and I think the, the, the eye-opening part of all of this is people don't realize just how much um, work our biologists do put into some of this stuff. And, and, and what an impact they actually have and, and how we wouldn't have a lot of what we have today without biologists, both past and present. And, and we are the driest state in the country, which does cause a lot of, uh, um, it gives us a lot of obstacles that we have to overcome. And, and, and of course our population has exploded since I moved to Nevada in 88. And um, you, you know, the, when I first moved to Vegas, it was 650,000 people. It's what, almost two and a half million now. Um, and, and, and when I moved to Reno, it's grown quite a bit. And Elko here has just exploded. Um, I remember driving through Elko back in 83, 1983. And, and uh, it was a tiny little town back then. And now if you count Spring Creek, we're over 30,000 people. Back then it was probably five or 6,000. So so I was the last house on the end of the street out in Spring Creek where I live. Now there's half a dozen houses on both sides of the street past me. So it's, it's been uh, watching the state grow and those, those obstacles of, you know, that, that impact of that growth on the wildlife is, um, is significant. Yeah, and I agree. I, just going out on projects with biologists, it's, it's, it's eye-opening. You don't, you don't realize the work they do or the agency does, and it really does take going out to those different. You know, and, and that's kind of why I like, I'm glad that I did the last half. You know, we have these young people come out of college, go to work for us, and I don't think they realize how great they have it. I know they love their jobs and they're, they're passionate about it, but, in, you know, I, I went from one extreme to the other. I went from being in a little tiny dark control room with 30 TV screens on the wall and and buttons everywhere to being able to get outside in the in the uh, wide open spaces. I remember my wife was a little concerned when I was first filling out the paperwork. One of the forms I had to fill out was kind of a liability release where it said I had to be willing to work in, in above 100 degree temperatures, sub-zero temperatures, might get kicked or bitten by poisonous snakes, kicked by animals. <laughs> and I was signing this. She goes, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> you were probably excited though. You're like, I'm actually oh, yeah. outside you know, I spent, the control room. I, I was a Boy Scout 
uh, as a young adult, a Cub Master, Scout Master as an adult, and I love backpacking. I, I spent almost all my free time in, in high school and college backpacking, um, both in the Black Hills, but also in the, the uh, Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming and up in Glacier National Park in Montana. So I, I love that, and I love being in the outdoors, and I, I just, the, the skills I learned in broadcast really came into play here, and, and I've just had a blast. I know. I I can't, I always think of you as someone who had your entire career here at Endow because you're just the perfect person for your position. I always just, if I didn't know your background in news, I would have just assumed you had always worked at Endow. So, and I do want to get into your position a little bit. I, we always introduce you on the show. I think we give you different titles every time because you do so much, <laughs> but I'm, I know that's going to be a lot. So we'll wait till after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, Erin and I are talking with Joe Doucette, our Eastern Region Conservation Education Supervisor. See, Joe, I give you a different title every time because you do so much. We're sad and excited for you. It's bittersweet. Um, Joe's retiring at the end of the week. So we wanted to have him on and do a podcast on his retirement, but I'm not saying last podcast yet. No, no it won't be. And, and you know, I'm still going to be around. I'm still going to be a volunteer hunter ed and angler ed instructor. And uh, as we talked earlier, I'm going to do the fishing report. So, so I'll still be around. I'll just uh, won't have to come into the office every day. So nice for you. <laughs> Um, well, right before the break, I was saying we always sometimes I have you on and you're the angler educator for Eastern Nevada, and then I'll have you on. You're the I don't even know today conservation educator, then you're the conservation education supervisor. So, could you tell us about your job and what you've been doing this whole time here? At so it was it was a brand new position when I came on board. Um, they they hadn't had a uh, conservation education person out here since the early 70s. So one of the nice things about it, I sort of got to make it what I wanted it to be. Um, but my, but when I first came on, it was just me out here. And we have, um, for those who aren't familiar with the con conservation education division, we do the hunter ed, we do the angler ed, we do the wildlife education, we do the volunteer program, and then we're also the public information officers. And, and so I wore all those hats. And the nice thing about it, other than hunter ed, which is required by law, the other stuff, if it was a slow time of year or if I was bored, I could go do something else. And of course, as most people who know me know, I love to fish. Um, I like to hunt, but I love to fish. So um, in the early years, I was doing a little bit of everything. Um, I was very fortunate at the time. Um, they had just gotten rid of the uh, regional supervisors for the whole uh, region, not just a division supervisor. Um, and Larry Barngrover was, was that, that person at the time. They put me in an office with him um, because we had a really small office at the time. And so he took me around town, introduced me to people, uh, helped me with any questions I might have, brought me up on, to speed on things. And so I got a crash course from, from Larry uh, in about six months. 
Um, and then a, a few years later, we got permission to hire a seasonal to help out. Um, we hired a, a retired teacher who uh, did the wildlife ed and the volunteer program. Um, he, he, he left about, uh, I wanna say about 2013 or 14. Um, we brought in another person. During that time, he was actually made full-time. Um, then we brought in another, when he left, brought in Steve Kemp. And then uh, uh, Steve stayed around for a couple of years and, and went back into the field he was originally in. And then, so, so for the most part, I did the hunter ed, the angler ed, and the public information. And then the, uh, the person that worked with me did the uh, volunteer program and the wildlife ed. Uh, however, being, you know, we cover 35,000 square miles, the, the Eastern region is the size of the state of Maine, but we only have about 80,000 people total out here. Uh, it's very sparsely populated, a lot of windshield time. Because of that, we all help each other out. Um, like Julie now does, you know, even though I'm the hunter ed uh, coordinator, she helps with hunter ed. Um, she helps with angler ed. I help with wildlife ed. Uh, I, I think for a while there, I was best known out here amongst most of the school kids. I had Hedwig the owl, and, and it was a great horned owl who was missing a wing. I took around to schools. So Hedwig uh, um, and I traveled the, the region quite a bit going to schools and around the state as well. Went down to Vegas, went to Reno, um, showed the sheep show, did the uh, Clark County Fair, thing, International Sportsman's Expo. So I so got to do a lot of traveling, got to see the state, um, work with a lot of great people. And, and now we've actually got a third person. I'm leaving just in time where we can spread it out even more. But, but I've worn all those hats throughout the years. And, and it, that's what's made the job really fun and interesting. You know, when something got bored, I went and did something else. And, and of course, I, I love sharing what we do with the public. Um, while the TV station was on the air, I did a weekly five-minute segment uh, on our local TV station here, KENV, where I would interview biologists, cover the video, did projects, stuff like that. Um, we do a half hour monthly radio show at uh, KELK on all the doings and goings on at Endow. So, and of course the weekly uh, fishing report in the local paper, which also has a, not just the report, but has some informational part to it, an intro to it. So, so it's been a lot of fun. I get to wear a lot of hats. I get to play around a lot. I, I get called a lot on uh, uh, urban wildlife issues especially raptors because I do did have the owl and then I had a hawk for a while and and uh, that was kind of a funny thing. We had a, a naming contest for the hawk down in Vegas and this this shows just how old I am. Um, we had people put all the, their names in there and all of a sudden we had 50 names and call them Tony. I'm going Tony. I, I'm thinking you know Harry the hawk, uh, you know Henry the hawk. No Tony Hawk and it's, and I think it was Aaron and, and Chris Vasey explained me, no, Tony Hawk's a famous skateboarder. <laughs> so so I, I, we named him Tony. And uh, from then on, it was, uh, uh, I had the real Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, when I was a, a regional educator, I was always so jealous of Joe because he had Hedwig and everybody would just, Hedwig was like a magnet. All the kids, the parents, everybody wanted to see Hedwig. And I'll tell you what, if I was a single college guy, it's a great way to pick up ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the great thing about a, a, when you do have an animal like that, um, I could go into a gym with, with two or 300 elementary school kids and you tell them he's a wild animal. And if they make too much noise or any sudden movements and he gets frightened, I got to put him away. 
And the kids will be absolutely quiet for a half hour, 45 minutes <laughs> while you're doing your presentation. Lots of benefits to it. Yes, there was. The teachers loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like magic watching Joe walk in with Hedwig or and he same with me. I was the same way. I would see Joe for a while and then he'd walk in with the with the cart with the the cage on there and I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to see him. <laughs> yeah, they were there the, those and I now I have a one-legged one winged red tail. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I can can take him out much because of he's got so many disabilities. But we're uh, well, that's one of my goals when I retire. I just got him this summer, um, and I, if I can uh, break him to the fist where he can balance well, um, uh, or even just put him on a perch, uh, then then he he may become my next teaching bird. And I'll still go around to schools with that with him as well. Yeah, that's great to hear. I was going to ask you if you're going to continue doing that. It's fun. And the neighbor it, kids love it. It goes to show how you just made the job your own. Like that couldn't have been in the job description that you have no. to handle. <laughs> it was, well, I was helping our local rehabilitator. I'd actually go, when she'd go on vacation, I'd go take care of her birds for her. And, uh, and the birds she kept were to be released, not to keep. But she got this one bird, this one owl in, and he was in great shape except for the wing. But a, a dog had bitten the wing off. And uh, so they, they cleaned up the, the amputation. And she said, you want to try it? I said, sure. And at the time, we actually had a summer seasonal who was a falconer. And everything just clicked right perfectly. He helped me get it set up. And, and I am not a falconer. Um, I, I don't claim to be. But, uh, uh, you know, these, these birds that can't be released, that can't fly, um, they're great for teaching. Kids get to see them and uh, people get to see something up close they normally wouldn't get to. Exactly. Um, Joe, do you feel happy with where you're leaving that position? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I think we've built a, a good program. That's one of the reasons why I'm going to stick around as a, uh, a volunteer um, because I, I want to see the program uh, succeed. Uh, there's, there's a couple of, there's one project I want to finish up um, so I'm going to help out. We're trying to get an urban fishery going. We're the only part of the state that doesn't have an urban fishery. So I'm going to continue to help out with that as well. Um, I, I tried to do it back in 2006, seven and eight, and it didn't happen then. And this is actually this, the same area. So I'm, I'm hoping we can make it work this spring, um, which would be good for, you know, Elko. Uh, but not, yeah, I feel really good about where I'm leaving it at. Um, I'd, I'd like to work a few more years, but at the same time, I, I can't keep up with the young guys anymore. <laughs> I get out with them <laughs> in the dust. And, and then on top of that, with the, the, the granddaughters we adopted and the small business, I said, you know, I'm, I'm in my get, getting close to my mid sixties and it's time for something a little bit different. Yeah. Hey, Joe, are we ready to, uh, to let people know about the urban fishery and how they can get involved? Yeah. Not quite, not quite. We're, we're close. We're close. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully, um, I'll be glad to come back on and talk about it. Um, when I do, we'll bring Caleb McAdoo on because he's been the real driver this time. And Caleb's our, our regional supervisor for the Habitat Division out here. Um, and so, but, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to get hopes back up again. Uh, I, I got in a little bit of trouble the first time because I, I took the newspaper out and we had a front page above the fold picture of me pointing to where I wanted to, <laughs> what I planned to do there and it didn't come to fruition and so I got a little got my my my, my hand slapped a little bit so uh, let's not put the cart before the horse just yet 
Yeah, mm. something on our radar, though. There, yes, it's there. The podcast, and I think it's pretty close. I think we can get it done this spring. Very cool. Any encouraging words you want to give to someone who's? I mean, we're obviously going to have some open positions. Um, yeah, you know, um, as I as I've told my kid, both of my children, and, and I'm telling now my granddaughters who are at that age where they're starting to work. Um, apply for the job, even if you don't feel you're ready for it, or you're qualified necessarily, or you won't get it. That's a big thing. Apply for it if you can do it. Um, but don't, don't not apply because you don't think you won't get it. And, and so um, it's, you know, do the best you can with what you have. Um, learn whatever job you're currently at. The skills, I mean, I managed, I was an assistant manager at a McDonald's when I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those skills then I, I've used throughout my career because we opened a brand new McDonald's and I learned and we hired like 100 people all at once. And so I learned how to hire people and doing the, 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 the human resources side of it. And I've used that in my whole career. Uh, so, so, but expand your skills wherever you're at, try and do something above and beyond what you're expected to do. Um, and, and keep applying for the job you want. I mean, just keep plugging at it and don't get discouraged. Uh, you know, as a kid, I used to, and I had no clue what it was. I wanted to be a forest ranger. Um, this is so much better. <laughs> this was so much better, but it was along the same lines. It was outside. Uh, I get to tell the story. And, uh, you know, Nevada is a great state. We're very lucky to have so much public land. When I lived in South Dakota, it was just the opposite. It was, you know, 95% private and you had to know ranchers to go to go pheasant hunting or deer hunting, except for in the Black Hills. And uh, you know, then during deer season, the Black Hills were were quite crowded at the time. So um, you know, expand your your skills every chance you get. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And when you do apply for a job, uh, go learn about the job. Go learn about the the company or agency you want to work for. So when you do go into a, a job interview, if you're lucky enough to get one, you you know what you're talking about. Great advice, Joe. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to talk with us. We're running out of time. I'm well, sad. <laughs> I really appreciate it. It's been a great career. And I really want to thank all Nevadans for, for letting me do it. I know that they all, we all appreciate you too. I'll still be around. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not too sad yet. Because you're okay. still here. Awesome. Well, thanks, Joe, for being on with us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.